Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Before we get started today, I want you to listen to this awesome promo for a podcast called Ben and Sophie, Wobie's Secret. It's really cool. Me and my kids love it. Check this out. Hello? Is anybody here? What is this? Two kids, a robot, and a missing professor. This is it! The big lab is right over there! My home. Sometimes it's hard to believe you're a robot. You humans amaze me. Listen to Ben and Sophie. We'll be secret on SpokenMovieProject.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really fun podcast. You should check out Ben and Sophie, Wobie's Secret. Now, on to some shout-outs. Happy birthday to Kurt Kane from Wellington, New Zealand. Kurt turned seven earlier this month, and I hope he had a great birthday. Apparently, his dog Waffles learned how to talk so he could sing happy birthday to him. Thanks for listening, Kurt. Dylan is a bullfarting trainer from Dallas, Texas, and is six years old. Dylan draws awesome pictures and has a great imagination. Thanks so much for those drawings, Dylan, and thanks for listening. Sisters Uliana and Gucci are ninja sisters who live in Santa Rosa, California, and they enjoy the stories. Oleana, your picture of that mist fairy is awesome. Thanks for that, and thanks for listening, you two. And Rohan from Belgium enjoys the stories as well. Rohan operates his own business there in Belgium called Rohan's Goofballs. And word is, he makes the most delicious goofballs in town. Thanks for listening, Rohan. This episode is the finale of the Max and the Grey Dragon series. We join our heroes on the north coast of the valley, where the dragons and Max await the invasion of the Gloop army. Based on the direction that the Gloops were traveling to the valley, everyone knew that most of the Gloops, the biggest part of the army, would land here at the north side. That's why the dragons and Max were stationed here. Everyone figured this big collection of dragons would make quick work of the Gloops. When the Gloop ships were visible from the shore, the dragons began attacking. They flew out to sea and blasted the gloop ships with their powers. 
Some of the dragons were breathing fire, and others were freezing the gloops with their ice breath. The pocket dragons swarmed the boats near the water, so small they were often not noticed by the gloops. They breathed fire onto the wooden ships. Luna, the leader dragon covered in white feathers, flew to land and grabbed boulders and flew back out to sea and dropped them onto the gloop ships, sinking them one by one. The gloop ships fired cannons in defense, and they continued sailing toward the shore of the valley. Most of them didn't stop to fight the dragons. Once they got close to the shore in their boats, the gloops began combining and smashing into each other, creating larger versions of themselves. The gloop crew of an entire ship would form together into one large blob, and then it would lean over to another ship and sploosh together with one huge gloop beast from another ship. And then that big gloop mass would form into the shape of a person with the boats as its feet. These monstrous, gigantic gloops were surfing to shore using the boats. The gloop beasts swatted their slimy arms at the dragons as they flew through the air. The dragons that were hit fell to the ocean, unable to fly while covered in gloop. The ocean was an awful mess of flaming ships and flying dragons and huge gloop beasts, and it was all sailing and moving closer and closer to the island. Max sat in his saddle atop Eugene the Grey Dragon, directing the dragons in battle. They're getting too close, Max said to Eugene. I, I didn't expect them to get this close. They'll reach land in just a few minutes, agreed Eugene. Let's go. And Eugene swooped down and gathered together some other dragons who were preparing for the land battle. Eugene, Kano, and a pack of pink, shiny love dragons flew toward the gloop boats that were just now making land. Kano flew above the ships, sliding into the sand on the beach, and blasted bright, orange, unbelievably hot magma upon the enemy. It was so hot, everything it touched exploded, and the ocean waves hissed with steam, and the steam clouded the entire beach in a fog. The battle at sea all crashed into the beach and the entire area flooded with gloops of all sizes. Swarms of regular-sized gloops rushed onto land. Larger gloops stomped forward, swatting away dragons and thundering inland. One large gloop reached land and stepped off its boats and began running toward the nearest town. This gloop was 50 feet tall. The love dragons flew around and around the gloop, dodging its attacks. They breathed their dragon's breath at the gloop, and shiny, floating hearts came out of their dragon mouths. The hearts danced and twirled and shimmered around the gloop in a circle. The giant gloop beast was entranced and distracted. It tried to reach out and grab the hearts. It stopped attacking and followed the hearts around and around in a circle. The love dragons then flew away from the gloop. The large cloud of sparkling hearts that were circling the gloop all danced inward until they were right next to the gloop, and then the hearts exploded in pink, red, and purple lasers, and rays of light shot off in all directions, and the huge gloop beast was blown into a puddle of goo. All over the north coast, the dragons defended the valley against the relentless march of the gloops, and, like with the battle of the other coasts of the valley, the gloop army seemed to never end. Max and Eugene flew into the gloop assault. Eugene blasted his flames and Max used his magic staff to fight. Vernon, the little dragon they found on the dragon sanctuary, stayed close to Eugene and Max. 
Vernon had sharp claws and could breathe fire. He was faster than most other dragons. One other ability he showed off in this battle was unbelievable, an ability that no other dragon had ever displayed. As Vernon dashed in and out of danger there among the gloops, he could split into multiple versions of himself. He would shine briefly, and then another exact copy of himself would fly in another direction, and the two of him would team up against the enemy. And he could do this multiple times, so that there were four, five, and sometimes six Vernons flying among the gloops, blasting away. And in spite of all the destruction brought by the dragons, the gloops continued their charge into the valley. Soon the heroes got some much-needed help. The academy students and the clown dojo ninjas rushed into battle to help the dragons. The dragons, now realizing they were not going to win this battle unless they embraced their new human allies, swooped down to the ground and encouraged the heroes to ride upon their backs. Except the spike dragons. Riding the spike dragons was not a good idea. Most of the other dragons now flew through the air, battling the gloops with heroes riding on their backs. And soon, more heroes joined in the battle. Old Witch Tubes and the heroes from the Rock Fields joined in. They found and healed Professor Pilsen, and his magic was working against the gloops as usual, though he wished he had a cliff to knock them over. Then the Goblin Horde came rushing over the hills to the north coast. The Goblin Horde were so many that they covered the battlefield like a screaming green carpet. Steve led the charge atop Chewie the dog, and they rode into battle like a knight upon his steed. Normally, most enemies would retreat at such a sight, but the gloops felt no fear, and they just kept coming. And then, from the dark forest, rushed a massive group of evil green beasts, the Cave Trolls. Some heroes rushed to meet them in battle, but before they reached them, they saw the Cave Trolls attack the gloops. The Cave Trolls were here to fight alongside the heroes. Master Momo and the Valley Town Ninjas ran into battle like a calculated dropkick machine. It had been some time since they last entered battle altogether, and when they fought together they were nearly unstoppable. They all worked together and decimated the gloops wherever they passed. And let's not forget the Guardians of the Dragon Sanctuary, the race of cat-like hill people who are committed to keeping the dragons safe. The Guardians were masters of stealth and agility. They slipped and spun and twisted and flipped throughout the mass of gloops, smashing them to bits. And the gloops kept coming. And soon, it didn't seem to matter how amazing the heroes were. It was like fighting the water in the ocean. It was too much. The gloops kept combining and combining and forming one bigger beast. The biggest beast. This gloopy mass stretched all the way up to the clouds, so high that the dragons fighting it were so far away in the sky that they looked like little toys being flown around by a kid. This gloop giant made his body into so many tentacles that smashed into the heroes. Ben-Ben and Tatiana were fighting some of the remaining smaller gloops, and they didn't see one huge tentacle come crashing down from the giant beast. Momo ran to them. He yelled, Look out! They were about to be crushed by this tentacle as big as a building. Momo sped toward them and he dove at them and knocked them out of the way just in time. But he put himself in harm's way and the gloop tentacle smashed Master Momo into the ground and it swallowed him up completely. The tentacle arm of this gloop beast swallowed up Momo and he found himself floating inside of the gloop. The beast lifted the tentacle that Momo was now trapped inside of and Momo was lifted into the air. 
Momo could see out from the translucent gloop goo. He could see the battle taking place all around him. The sounds of the battle were muffled now inside the gloop. Momo tried to swim and move and escape this slimy prison, but he couldn't get anywhere. Momo! yelled Ben-Ben, seeing Master Momo get sucked inside the gloop. The gloop continued smashing his limbs down upon the ground and absorbing more and more heroes inside its see-through body. Max and Eugene and Steve the Goblin King and Old Witch Tubes, they all noticed Momo was trapped inside this beast. They didn't know if he could breathe in there or if he was safe. They charged the monster with a newfound urgency. Max and Momo had been enemies before, but Max was a good guy now, and he had always known that Momo was vital to the safety of the entire valley. Take me up to the top, Eugene, said Max, riding on Eugene's back. And Eugene, the gray dragon, flew circles around the beast, going higher and higher until they were in the clouds flying above this monster. Max clutched his magical staff and stood up on Eugene's back. Wish me luck, he said. And he leaped off of Eugene like he was leaping off a diving board into a swimming pool. Max fell through the sky, and in the seconds before impact, he charged up his staff with all of his magical power. His staff glowed, and Max glowed, and he fell right into the top of the gloop's head like falling into a pool full of jelly. Max activated all of his power. All at once, he created a force field around himself and blasted everything near him with magical power. Max exploded in a shower of rainbow lasers, and the entire top half of the gloop beast blasted out in all directions and fell to the ground, splashing into harmless puddles. Everyone below saw Max's heroics. Steve the Goblin King, who had become friends with Max and Eugene in recent months, was so enraged that flames shot out from his eyes and his battle hammer glowed with impossible heat, and he rushed the gloop beast and swung so hard at one of its legs that it was blasted into a puddle and the monster toppled onto its side. All of the dragons, even the wounded and exhausted ones, rushed to this epic gloop monster and blasted it relentlessly with everything they had. The ninjas and wizards and cyborg guinea pig and witches and students of the academy all descended upon the beast now with no fear, knowing that this was their last chance to end it all. And the gloop swung about in desperation, knocking heroes onto their backs in pain. And still the heroes pulled themselves up, in pain and injured, limping and near tears, and they kept coming. Just like the gloops, the heroes kept coming and coming, and the gloop was overwhelmed. And under an overwhelming assault of heroes, it finally fell, splashing into a lifeless puddle of gloop. The heroes pulled Max and Momo out of the beast. They were hurt, but would survive. Other groups of heroes surveyed the battlefield making sure they destroyed every last one of the mindless creatures. And over the next few days, the heroes and citizens of the valley cleaned up from the damage. They rebuilt and healed. This battle had nearly wiped the valley from the map, and they could feel that they had grown stronger through fighting together. The End Thanks for listening to today's story. It was a pretty epic finale, and I imagine that the valley will be a quieter place for a while. The next series we will be starting is the origin story of Hummus Wrinklesmith, the chicken wizard. Now, on to some awesome shout-outs. 
Henry O. and Archie from Santa Barbara, California enjoy the stories. Thanks for that drawing, Henry. You two are awesome. Natasha and Logan from Newcastle like to listen. Thanks for your drawings, you two. You're awesome. Dylan and Oren, who live in Winnipeg, enjoy the show. Thanks for those drawings, Dylan. You two are awesome. And Annie from Australia has provided a ton of awesome drawings. She's quite the artist. Thanks, Annie. You're awesome. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. There are more stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. And you can send all drawings and questions and everything to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. 